listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday the 30th of August. You are listening to Recap. I'm Jose. And I'm Sam. We work at Sharesies. Sharesies, if you don't know, is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Before we get started, please listen to this important message. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. I'll tell you what, Sam, I was racing through that uh, financial disclaimer to turn off my slack so I didn't get messages running all through the podcast today. Don't you dare check them while we're recording, (laughs) say. I won't, I promise. Uh, let's crack on. So it seems like um, today we've got two medicinal cannabis companies um, who have posted results today. Uh, we sure do. We sure do locally. So we have Rua Bioscience Limited. They released their uh, annual financial results today. And then kind of Self Limited posted its half year report today as well. So what's the deal with these companies? Can you give me some background? Yeah, so the Misuse of Drugs Act, this is kind of background in a general sense. So the Misuse of Drugs Act uh, amendment bill, rather, uh, was uh, was went through its final reading in 2018. And, and it, amongst a whole bunch of other things, required the government to create a regulatory framework for the medicinal cannabis uh, industry. And that eventually came into force in 2020. Oh, that makes so much sense because I have seen like a whole bunch of medicinal cannabis companies suddenly sprouting. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, so sort of around that time, it was kind of referred to as a bit of a gold rush in the sector, but not every company that sprung up is still around, as, as quite often happens. But Rua Bioscience and Canada South actually predate the 2018 Act, uh, the, the bill rather. So Rua started in 2016, it was then known as the Hikurangi um, Cannabis Company. They started a crowdfunding campaign that actually crashed the PledgeMe site. From that, they raised $2.4 million, although they do have uh, private investors as well. Uh, in 2020, they raised uh, $20 million from their IPO, and they were the first company to receive a cultivation license. I remember when that happened on PledgeMe. It was a big deal. It was all mm. in the news. What about um, Canna South? So they started in 2017 or registered in 2017, but the two founders have been working with Industrial Hemp since 2002. They're Hamilton-based. They were the first uh, company of this type to list on the uh, New, Zealand, New Zealand Stock Exchange. They nabbed the ticker CBD, so they were pretty. I'm sure they were pretty happy they got that. It had a successful capital raise last year of $6 million. Okay, and so what are their financials looking like today? And can you start with Rua? I'd love to. So Rua recorded a loss before tax of $6.1 million. That's compared to a loss of $3.5 million last year. Uh, Remember, this is a full year result. They spent $6.1 million investing in property, plants and equipment. So the company says it's within expectations. Um, they're continuing the strategy, however, to deliver revenue. They export. They did export their first sample of dried flowers to Germany earlier this year. And it looks like they're really looking to Germany as an eventual export market. They're expecting to receive their good manufacturing practice certification or their um, GMP certification later this year, which they say has been the main delay to developing exports and local offerings on the market here. Okay, cool. Interesting. And what about the year report from Canada South? How did they go? Yeah, they actually did a half year report. So they listed an operating loss of $2 million compared to $1.4 million for the same period last year. 
Earlier this month, it raised $4.5 million in a share purchase plan, which was short of the $6 million that it was looking to. Um, but uh, it was looking to raise that money to uh, buy out its joint venture partners. But they say they're looking to raise the remaining cash by the end of next month. Did they give any hints as to their future plans once that's done? So the CEO, Mark Lucas, said the company is in a transition phase from uh, from being a startup to actually making money, to generating revenue. He said once they finalise agreements with overseas buyers, he expects to be exporting flowers next year, creating about $8 million in revenue. Now that is based on growing between fifteen and 1,800,000 kgs of flowers a year. Okay, so what's up next, Sam? I think we're moving to the ASX, is that right? That is right. Yes. So on the ASX is a company called BWX, uh, which is available on Sharesies, by the way. Um, they bought a majority stake in Zoe Foster Blake's skincare brand called GoTo uh, for $89 million. Okay, so this is a little bit, I mean, I'm not saying that men can't be interested in skincare, but personally, this is just a little bit outside my, my wheelhouse. So do you want to explain who BWX are? Sure. This is very much in my wheelhouse and I had so much fun doing research for this. <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. So BWX own a bunch of skincare companies. They call themselves a house of natural brands. Um, they are, uh, sorry, they are available on the ASX, as I've said, and they have bought a share of 50.1% 50. of go-to skincare. Their other portfolio includes um, natural beauty brands such as Sukin, which is the one that I was familiar with, and they just bought a company called Flora and Fauna, which is a natural beauty platform. So they've got some brand skincare, and now they've also got a platform. In its full year results on Friday, they reported a 61% lift in net profit to $23.7 million for the year and a 3% increase in revenue to $194.1 million. Mm, so why is this big news? Like, who is Zoe Foster Blake? Yeah, so Zoe Foster Blake is quite famous, at least in Australia. She started her career as a beauty journalist for Cosmopolitan. She, for about ten years, she was the relationships columnist. Um, she's the author of two well-received books. She's just quite well known, um, and she's on the Financial Review's Young Rich list. Um, she's sort of boss, lady, funny, <laughs> right. um, entrepreneur, just a cool, cool woman. Um, she started GoTo in 2014 and she had a 40% stake in the business valued at $70 million based on the $177 million valuation. Right. So what's special about her company GoTo, about her brand? So GoTo is science-backed, so it's skincare that they say works, and it's also like beautiful packaging and great social media. The brand's been built quite expertly by Zoe. She's really good at building brands, um, and people love it. Like GoTo has four of the top ten best-selling products at the cosmetics retail giant Mecca, which I love. Um, and you know Mecca has got really the world's 
biggest brands in there, some of them anyway. You know, you've got Mac, you've got Drunken Elephant, really amazing skincare and and makeup products. And so to have four of the top 10 best selling products in there is is huge. There's a couple of them that are really famous. So um, the products called Face Hero and Skin Party are sort of um, cult products. Um, they've also got another line which includes Bro2 for boys and men. <laughs> Bro2. I love it. Bro2. And um, the plant based skincare for kids, which is called Grow2. Okay. So, how do Go2 like, get to this stage? I mean, how do they grow? Zoe used her pretty massive social media um, platforms really well. So, she's got 782K followers on Instagram and her personal just her personal Instagram and um, the company has got a lot of followers. um, So they used social media. And then there's also timing as well with lockdown. um, Zoe said that the coronavirus pandemic just boosted GoTo's revenue with 60% of its sales going direct to consumer instead of being in in the shops. Um, And it just boomed selling. They sell one transformazing sheet mask every minute and they recorded revenue of $38 million last year as consumers were treating themselves with skincare products. And you know what? I was treating myself with skincare products. I get it. Yeah, I, even I dabbled in beard oil during that time, you know. <laughs> I, I even gone back to the well this time round. So why 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 would the, why would go to have um, chosen BWX? So I read in the Sydney Morning Herald that it was about expertise and capability, and Zoe really said that she wants to go really hard with taking go to um, international, and she said the BWX have got proven inroads globally with their brands. They've got boots on the ground over there. They've got the infrastructure, the people, the experience to help us really do that. Um, and the main reason to team up, team up with BWX is to go at it very hard. Cool. So what's the, what's the future for, for both brands, or for Zoe in particular? So Zoe will continue as chief creative officer and as a director, and she's promised to um, be there for at least the three, next three years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Keep yeah. an eye on that, yeah, for sure. Looks like we're sticking with Australia for our last story. What the heck is a fortescu? So my understanding, Sam, is that it's an Australian scorpion fish which has along its back venomous erectile spines capable of inflicting painful wounds. If it's not listed, I don't want to hear about it. That is totally fair enough. But what is listed on the ASX indeed is Fortescue Metals Group, which released its financials today. Okay, Australia Metals. It's it's a mining company, isn't it? It is. It is. You're 100% correct. Now, mining, of course, traditionally is one of the pillars of the Australian economy, the other being banking. Fortescue is an iron ore company, and it's very, very big. It's the fourth largest iron ore producing company in the world. It was founded in 2003 by businessman Andrew Forrest, who was CEO up until 2013. What was in its earnings? So Fortescue more than doubled its full year profit. It posted a net profit of just over 14 billion Australian dollars, over 5.4 billion Australian dollars for the previous year, all up a 117% increase. That's a one heck of a jump. And what is driving that? So the price of iron ore surged to record levels this year. Now, the reason for that was that uh, it was pushed by increasing demand from China following a government stimulus to offset the impact of the pandemic. 
Wow. Okay. So what does this mean for shareholders? Well, the company declared a total dividend of $3.5 per share, doubling the final payout from last year. So as reported by the Australian Business Press, I was specifically looking at um, reporting in the Financial Review. That means Andrew Forrest, the founder and CEO I mentioned before, former CEO, took home a $4 billion dividend. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. And that means that's the end of Recap for another day. That was Recap for the 30th of August. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Recap, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much, Sam, for stepping in for Alice today. Really appreciate it. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.